Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Makes You Think. This is one of Red Pill Project's Saturday shows, as as well as Mars Chronicles, which is on a hiatus right now. They're taking a break as they align a good and uh, they produce and set up guests for the next string of Mars Chronicles episodes. Anyway, Makes You Think is a show hosted by myself, Vince Taglivia, and my co-host, Jim Bob Ovalshorts. We come... Ahoy, everyone. Ahoy. We come at you from across the interwebs to bring you things that make you think things that are real things that are not so real things that are conspiracy things that are speculative things that are real as day and uh will blow your mind um it's a lot of fun we like to take a break from the nonsense especially my nonsense during the week uh i focus a lot on the geopolitical the financial the politics and this and that and this is just a way for me to unplug from that get away from it because you know what that in itself is a type of vampirism, I think, that will suck your soul away. So we have to take a break, keep our sanity, uh, enjoy life a little bit, because you know what? You got to. You got to. You have to. So hope you guys enjoy these programs, just like Josh does on Friday. Begin unwinding with conversations on the fringe. By the way, last night's show was fantastic. Talked about MK Ultra and had a legitimate victim of MK Ultra on the show. You guys definitely need to check that out if you haven't fantastic episode really made my day uh lifted up my soul made me feel great and then we had the conversations on the fringe or uh fringe after dark oh my gosh once again the red pill family kept me up way too late but that's okay totally worth it totally fun great conversations love all you guys uh jim bob oval shorts has his own podcast as well you could find him on rumble and elsewhere his main website is unconstitutionalawakening.com jim bob I heard you had a pretty badass episode that you put out. And listen, y'all, I, I, I want everybody in here, the Red Pill family, when you get a chance to go and check out episode 59 of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast, I had this fellow on there, his name, he goes by Tarzan. It's like Tarzan without the vowels. And okay. he, man, me and him basically laid out the meaning of life last oh. night. And oh, snap. <laughs> and, I mean, this this guy, he's he just 
the way he lays things out and the way it just resonates huh. and you know he's showing you the truths about reality and then we got into this conversation about genomes because he's like me and doesn't trust ancestry.com because mm. i've always had this feeling they're searching for someone or something yeah they're collecting dna and, for their own oh reasons. Always, well he, he he incited me on a little bit I of think. that and then continued to inform me how he studied his family history all the way back to king tut damn and so meaning dude, he's a he's a descendant of king tut yes that's true and like this dude was just absolutely amazing like i i there's been so many people to, that have already told me that they were like man i had an epiphany after this episode and i'm just like well fantastic that's what that's what it's here for so like it it i, I really do everybody go check that out it was it was mind-blowing and just such a great conversation and of course we've got all kinds of good stuff going on on there um i try to get almost nightly if not every other night something for you guys out there to check out because Hey man, that's how we're getting that. The whole, the whole, the revolution isn't going to be televised. You're right. It's going to be people like me and Vince and Josh and Seriously. doing our own thing. And so, oh my gosh, is shit hitting the fan or is shit hitting the fan, dude? Good man, it has been <laughs> oh, bananas this man. week. Hasn't this week, it? yeah, the guidestones. For fuck's sake, I haven't talked to you about that. Oh yeah, dude. Whoa, that, you know, that's right here close to home. And then they. Then that's wild. Then you got that Japanese prime minister getting blasted by a homemade shotgun. Yeah, holy crap! And then and then there's people like that's fake. He had blood packs. I'm starting to see all this. I'm just like, oh no, maybe I don't know. But God, jeez, why does everything have to be so complex and just, possibly just a conspiracy? Boris and his entire cabinet walking away. Yeah, Boris Johnson. Holy like, mackerel! Sri Lanka. They just stormed the capital yesterday. All the farmers Holy revolting in Poland rip. and Sweden and everywhere Italy else. Italy and, uh, fuck. Beautiful, actually. You guys, this is nuts. This is why we do this, though. We want to talk about vampires today. No, it's not Halloween yet. We're getting there, though, and I guess, you know, I really am looking forward to it. I started reading all these vampire stories and stuff, and I'm just like, I can't wait until Halloween. We're going to have some spooky shit. I want to, I want to have some, uh spooky conversations i want to tell scary stories that's what i want to do and uh, we're close enough so let's start with vampires dude that's right that's right we're getting super close you know, <laughs> you know vampires I've, you know i brought this up to you because you know they're they're they've been a thing of lore forever all the way back yeah. to vlad the impaler you know man like that, that True. and and you because that's where like dracula the story comes from but there were people throughout history that have been considered vampires whether it was because of uh blood deficiencies that nobody could understand yet or you know just right. different kind of things right which i in my reading discovered that was the origin of some of this conditions yeah. medical conditions that people would attribute to some type of vampirism some of them explained and sort of make sense others not so much <clears throat> still a mystery to me but it even goes back past prior to vlad the impaler i have a little i have a little timeline here that really breaks it down nice um So let's look at this timeline just to get an idea of the history of vampirism, a very simplistic history, um, because we could we could spend hours just on the history and details sure. there. Yeah, uh, Nate said we should do a movie breakdown on vampires. Dude, get a list oh, together. Yeah. I'm down. Nosferatu. Um, I can't wait for that remake with William Dafoe. It's going to be so good. Ah, Nosferatu. I've never. Is there? I've never Nosferatu. seen Nosferatu. Nosferatu is the original um, movie vampire. Oh. It was it was silent film. And it was oh, white. shit. 1922. 
Yeah, and like they're at, William Defoe is actually going to be, um, you know, bringing it back to life in his no own way, in his own weird way. And I love William Defoe. Like as far as a method actor, as far as an actor, like that man right there can get it done. Like he oh. is just well, uh, that, a spectacular actor. That will be very interesting. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I forgot to share. I forgot to share the stream on Twitter. I'm gonna do that Uh-oh. real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I would love to do a vampire episode. Uh, I've never seen Twilight, uh, unfortunately. I know we have a lot of Team Jacob people in the chats. You're not missing anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think even... Do you know you know, 9/11 <laughs> call, you know 9-11 caused Twilight, right? I did not know this. This there, is news they, to me. This is in the conspiracy world, but there's, there's, there's this whole timeline that shows that the day after 9-11... It caused it led up to this whole thing that the lady wrote Twilight because of 9/11. Oh no! And then of course Twilight evolved into Fifty Shades of Grey. That's what that's based off of. I could see that. It's a real sexualized thing, actually. In my research, I discovered. Interestingly Empires, enough. Vampires, yeah. Yeah, they're always so seductive and like um, hypnotic, almost. Um, don't invite them in. You're you're good as long as you don't invite them in. Exactly. Great point. And uh, I know you have some experience with meeting actual proclaimed, self-proclaimed vampires. Me as well. Uh, shout out to, I know a vampire. I'm, I'm not going to call them out, but shout out to them. Uh, they don't watch my show, but um, if they ever do, hey there. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if that crew up in Buffalo ever tunes in and remembers me, that I'm the little little weird guy with the long hair that didn't say much when we were hanging out, like because it was it was weird, man. I mean, it's, I'm all about learning about different cultures of people and stuff. You know, I love hanging out with them, and I think that's the best way to learn about them. But though the the subculture of real life vampires in Buffalo, New York, is super Ooh. weird. Yeah, they have that same kind of thing happening uh, here in Seattle. Um, one of the largest communities that I think has died down a little bit since 2020 uh, is in Austin, Texas. Actually, right. what Texas for vampires? It's always hot there. Uh, something happened. Yeah, it's and uh, yeah, we could talk a little bit about that. Um, so, Nate, what if you want to get get a list of categorized horror movies i'm down to go through a movie list any day are we categorizing horror movies now uh horror movies vampire movies whatever just for future i'm down and i have to start watching now i got a couple i'll send to you that are a little weird but they're totally worth a watch all right i'm down i'll put them on my list because that'll be great fun uh in the future so let's look at the history of vampirism what is a vampire I'm sure we all know what vampires are. Come on, right? But, uh, of course, when it comes to, like, Dracula, I'm going to suck your blood and all this kind of thing. Yeah, we're all familiar with it. But, like we're talking about now, people actually consider themselves vampires. There's a lot of other connections we can make. I even went right back, made the connection to Lord St. Germain, because they said he was a vampire when he came to, I think it was Louisiana. Yep. <laughs> and he's probably still alive, sucking people's blood. He carried that freaking vial with him, which was, I don't know, blood or some kind of thing. Anyway, let's look at this. Historically speaking, here's a vampire timeline from vampires.com. Shout out. 
not a sponsor. Um, all all the way back to the 730s CE, the Betal Pachisi, a collection of 25 fables surrounding Vikram the Vampire, is composed in Sanskrit by the scholar Bhavbudi. I don't think that they had the word vampire back then, but there's a lot of other mythical creatures that are similar to vampires from different areas of the world where they are attributed to being kind of the origins of vampires. So for as long as people have been writing, <laughs> essentially, we have evidence of this pheno- vampiric phenomenon, if that's even a word. Vampiric. Vampiric, what? <laughs> vampiric, oh no. <laughs> Vampires with hook hands and peg legs. Uh, <laughs> 1047, the first appearance of the word upir in a document referring to Russian a Russian prince as upir liki, or wicked vampire. So, Russia. Uh, 1196, William of Newburgh's Chronicles. It records several stories of vampire, like vampire-like revenants in England. And revenants are an interesting topic. Oh, man. Oh man, glad the I see the next one, and I totally have little gemstones of information there. I I think uh, a, lot, a lot of people aren't familiar with revenants. Uh, revenants are like yeah, that's... ghosts or yep. woken dead type creatures, human or animalistic <clears throat> that wreak havoc on people, and it's more like a European thing. Well, yeah, you know, they get a cow, and then the next thing you know, you got a mad, crazy cow that's out there trying to vampire people. Yeah, revenant cow. Zombies are very similar to this kind of thing, too. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way I think to explain it. Vlad. Vlad there. Yeah, Vlad the Impaler is born in 1428. He's assassinated in 1477. Fun um, fact. Yeah, uh, lay it on know, me. Everybody knows that, you know, Vlad, uh, there's that connection of Vlad the Impaler and uh, European royalty. Okay. Okay, well, I can show you that there's Vlad the Impaler uh, blood in every president in the States. Really? And I can also, except for uh, Martin Van Buren, because he was just a douchebag all the way around, but that's a different story. Um, And then uh, I can also show you how Vlad the Impaler was related to King Tut. What the hell? So, that's trippy, dude. This bloodline thing comes into play. I was not aware of this, but this is... Uh, the one who is also known as Vlad Dracula, where we get the story of Dracula uh, directly from uh, Vlad the Impaler. Uh, he was an evil man. Mm-hmm, but a national hero of Romania. <laughs> he would impale the crap out of people, hence the he name. He would too, bro. Yeah. Very there interesting. Was, there was bodies and heads on sticks everywhere. Yep. So, after this, we have... Um, in 1484, the Malleus Maleficarium, known as the Witch Hunter's Bible, it's written by Heinrich Kramer and Jacob Spranger, and they talk about how to hunt and destroy a vampire. Which I'm sure is where we start seeing these things of you need a wooden stake, silver bullets, these types of things. I don't think they had bullets back then, but you know, all these things that we still see today of how to kill vampires um, began in the 1400s. Which is interesting. Why would you put so much time into telling somebody how to kill something if it's not real? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. If Was this a real concern? Could you imagine? Like, yeah, it's a good point. 
because I mean, you, 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 what? I don't know. You're gonna go out of your way to make a whole book about how to get rid of a fictional creature, right? I mean, Dude, you know, like that. I'm, I'm a firm believer in skinwalkers, when dingoes type thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I believe that that's something that oh, definitely yeah. exists, and and like, I, you know, I make sure that there's precautions in place for that too, because there is reality to that. So maybe. I believe it, dude. I think that there's a lot of truth in a lot of this stuff, um, for sure. And I think that there's a lot... I don't think there's one truth to it. I think it's a very complex thing that has a lot drawn from different real events that have happened. Of course, there's a lot of um, fantasy and there's a lot of fiction in it, but there's a little bit of truth in every piece of bullshit. Um so, well, I mean, like, not not to jump off subject, but that's kind of yeah. like uh, this weekend when, or this past week, yeah, Coyote Peterson finding that uh, Bigfoot skull. Coyote Peterson, he's that hippie. He's a hippie uh, nature guy. That adventure, that adve- oh, that he's adventure guy. He's the one who does all the um, animals that sting and stuff, right? Correct. But he was yeah. on a uh, trip out in the wilderness up in your side of the country, and stumbled across a skull that he has put into hiding because he thinks the American government's going to take it from him because it's totally a Bigfoot skull. No way. Is there a picture online? There's totally pictures online. No. Yeah. So, like, this is back into, like, these mythological things. Like, are they mythological or are they just doing a really good job at hiding it from us? Oh, my God. He found nobody, this, though. Nobody heard about this yet. Oh, what the fuck? I have to pull it up, dude. Yeah, pull it up. I'm surprised nobody's heard about this yet. I've been all on top of this. Scientists dismiss Coyote Peterson's large primate skull discovery as fake. Yeah, now now they're trying to dismiss it, of course. But eh. oh my, look at that. There's there's pictures of him when he found it out in the river. Okay. Out there somewhere that I seen, and and like it, he made a whole like he made a whole serious thing about it. There it is. He made a whole serious thing about it because, like, he was. He even made a post. He's like, "They're gonna try to deny it." He's like, "That's, That's massive." Look at the size of that thing. No, dude. Yeah, but he did. He also seemed to see. He was. He made posts about it, saying that he's concerned the government's gonna come take it from him and stuff. Like it. It. It's super interesting. Oh, there we go. Scale shot. Holy yeah. mackerel. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure these pics will be taken down, as will probably the video by government or state park official park officials. But the skull is safe, huh? Holy mackerel! Amazing. Yeah, and I mean, like looking at this, I just I I, I feel like I can't I, I daggum near can't deny it, and the way that he's acting about it, I'm just like, man, that's you know, of course, there's but, gonna be people denying it. There's always well, there's always the deniers, but, but I always like to give the benefit of the doubt because I wasn't there. I it could see it, myself. it could be real. It could also be fake. I don't know, sure. but I don't doubt that there's the possibility it could be real. It, but also, you know how YouTubers are, content creators lie their asses off to get clicks and stuff. So I guess that's a strong argument. But sure. I mean, I'm sure he has a plan to vindicate his, uh, if it's true, to prove that it's true or whatever but holy crap it's interesting that he would find it too but uh, i I gotta that's cool i mean there's been that there's been those searches for bigfoot for all these years and you know you always hear you it's always some guy in a gorilla costume but i don't know that 
Even so, that's an interesting looking skull at the end of the day. And why would you find a primate skull in uh, in North America that size? Right. Holy mackerel. But I mean that. But there's. But but think about that. Like with the vampires and stuff. There's got to be people that found similar things in history. Maybe like like skulls with interesting teeth. Or oh yeah. Or you know like you know other key notes that are like hey. This is a vampire, and there's really no explanation around it other than this is a vampire. Oh, man. Vampire skulls. I think there have been teeth, or mummies and skeletons found with vampiric canine teeth. Elongated teeth? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, Vampires, though. What is a vampire? Vampires get their sustenance. Vampires Venice, are actually. So sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Medieval vampire skull found near Venice. Medieval vampire skull. History News Network is what this came up for me. Okay, I found it. Is there a picture? I'm looking. Scientists found the skull with its mouth agape, mouth agape, and a large slab of rock forced it to its mouth. Yep, there's a there is a there is a picture in the BBC from BBC News Europe, the vampire at the Vatican, vampire of Venice skull found with the uh, giant stone in its mouth. Because that was a thing. If actually in that in that vampire murder, how to kill him book or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, that was one of the things to do was to. Uh, you know, make sure that they couldn't get anything back into their mouth once they were buried. Yeah. Oh my god. That's messed up. So, I mean, these are are some interesting unexplainable things for sure. Like, I mean, why would, again, why would you go through the uh, stages of how to rid yourself of vampires if there wasn't something to rid yourself of? I think, so yeah, but, yeah, for sure. Um, But with the definition of vampire being basically somebody that gets their sustenance or energy from blood, flesh, um, energy, there's energy vampires, or sexual energy as well, I learned, or these types of things. This is what a vampire is. I don't know if the long teeth have to be there. I don't think so. I think anybody could technically be a vampire, although... I heard vampires you, say, people that claim to be vampires today say that, no, you're born a vampire. Some say you're not. Some say it's kind of something you discover. I think that it just, it's like people that drink blood and are kind of, that's a vampire you, to have me. Have you seen any of the video? There's a, there's a popular group. They're on TikTok quite a bit. I've seen mm. them on Instagram a little bit, but they're, they're energy vampires that live in New York City. Okay. And, no. and, and they go around feeding off of everybody in new york city because it's an energy energy like haven or something right just off the crowds just off the crowds like yeah not like particularly feeding off anybody in general but there's so many people giving off positive and negative energy in giant crowds that they can just go stand in these crowds and feed and i was just like okay like that i, I might could buy that because i mean everything is energy you yeah. know, around us and there is ways to transfer energy so yeah. Maybe you, maybe you could take energy from others. It's plausible. Yeah. Energetic vampires also could just be like 
they just sap your energy they're just maybe they frustrate you and they're like maybe dramatic or um just uh, hard to be around these types of people um you know i think everybody knows these kinds of people maybe it's your ex-wife or your sister or brother <laughs> but for me it's a couple of my roommates are definitely this type of personality energy vampires whether they know it or not um i think that that shit's real but um that's what a vampire is let's talk a little bit more about the history real quick yeah and then we got we got some stories um this chick uh erzabet or elizabeth bethery was born in 1560 she was tried and convicted of killing several hundred girls and her sentence her sentence was life in imprisonment in 1610 and she died in 1614 creepy very very creepy she is said to be a vampire because she would drink their blood and whatnot. Hundred, oh, several hundred girls, yeah. Anywhere from hundred, a hundred to several hundred. I've seen different theories. Sixteen forty-five. Um, Leo Alatus, a cleric of the Greek Church, writes a document which contains explanations of the vampires. Um, Sixteen seventy-nine. German text. Seventeen hundreds. Um, Arnold Powell unleashes his vampiric terror on the town of Medugna. Medugna. Um, 1734, the word vampire enters the English language. The, and we get the first modern vampire poem, Der Vampir, is published. 1800s, we have a vampire named Lord Byron. 1819, uh, the vampire is the first vampire story in English. 1819, and that's published. Um, more vampires are born. We get into modern day 1900s uh, or 1897. Dracula is published in England, and etc. We just go from there. Dracula stuff, um, then modern movies, these kinds of things. The Adams Family in 1964. We're all familiar with them. The Dracula Society is founded in 1972. Vampire Chronicles, 1980. Richard Chase, the so-called Dracula killer of Sacramento, California, commits suicide in prison. Man. And we just got into modern day with, you know, Buffy, the TV series, Blade, 1998. Um, Underworld, 2003. Lots and lots of uh, vampire movies. True Blood, 2008, etc., etc. And now, we hear, now we're here today. Um, in in your in your ventures for looking, did you happen? Because I did fail to send this to you. I apologize. But did you happen to find the legend of when there were uh, people dealing with real life vampires in New Jersey? I did read about it. I might have it here. Where they were digging up their like they mm-hmm. were digging up corpses of their relatives and burning the hearts and stuff to stop them from reincarnating as vampires. Yeah, and. There's a lot of things like this where people would um, dig up bodies, and a lot of this is reminds this goes back to um, vampires, people being assumed to be vampires because maybe they were buried before they were actually dead, maybe they were in a coma, they come back to life in their graves, and then they get dug up later, and they discover like scratch marks and um, a different configuration of the body than they left it and these kinds of things. And they are like, this was a vampire. We need to burn this body. 
burn the rest of the remains or put a brick yeah. in its mouth or whatever, and they would do that. But I think that case, it might just be mass hysteria. And this happened, I believe, right after the um, Salem witch trials and stuff. Correct. Yeah. Maybe it was just a mass hysteria thing, but maybe there's... Maybe they had a problem, or maybe it was a disease, or like a zombie disease going around, or something. You know what I mean? Hey, I mean it's it's not too far fetched. These are these are like actual things that have happened throughout history. So, from someone's perspective, I could see it being, you know, they're like, oh my god, that's a vampire. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's pretty legit. Yeah. Or it could be also kind of a supernatural thing, like uh, uh, oh, that's some supernatural thing. Yeah, just like an animal or um, a Wendigo. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something with wings, maybe. So they're like, it's a bat, it's a vampire, it kills people. Off man. Yeah, exactly. It could be things like this too. Um, I have this <clears throat> document from a vampire community called Real Vampires: Common Traits of Vampires. It says that they're naturally nocturnal, sensitive to light. Enhanced physical senses like vision, hearing, and smell, touch, and taste. <laughs> They're faster and stronger than average people. Um, quicker reflexes. They're more agile. They don't get sick as often. Psychic abilities or the ability to manipulate energy. Uh, <clears throat> they're drawn to myths, stories, and images of vampires from a young age, which, I mean, I think everyone might be anybody could be um, I mean, they've always tried to make vampires pretty cool in like movies and stuff like that like I, I wasn't into the Twilight thing but now if you want to throw some interview with a vampire up there I'll watch that alright they're smarter than average they get depressed Queen of the Damned oh that's a good one Queen of the Damned I've never seen yeah. that there's, there's a man there's a whole metal album dedicated to Queen of the Dam that was written mostly by Jonathan Davis Queen of a the lot Dam. of the song, songs were sung by David Draymond from uh, Disturbed oh wow and, like, I like, like Disturbed dude, dude that album is just amazing like I highly recommend the album if you don't even get to check out the movie alright <laughs> I made a note I made a note here so I mean ain't nothing like some good rock music I think a lot of this stuff could be attributed to mental health. Just a possibility. Okay, sure. I think that is a possibility, and there's actually a condition called clinical vampirism. More commonly known as Ranfield Syndrome. It's an obsession with drinking blood. The earliest presentation of clinical vampirism is psychiatric literature. In psychiatric literature was a psychoanalytic interpretation of two cases contributed by Richard L. Vandenberg and John F. Kelly. Uh, over 50,000 people addicted to drinking blood have appeared in the psychiatric literature from 1892 to 2010. This was documented in the work of Austrian forensic psychiatrist Richard von Kraft Ebbing. Many medical publications concerning clinical vampirism have been found in the literature of forensic psychiatry, with the behavior being reported as an aspect of extraordinary violent crimes. So... Maybe it's just they're finding vampires and saying it's a metal, uh, mental thing. Maybe it's actually a mental thing. I can't really have a way of knowing, but I thought it was worth I mean, pointing out. Uh, all, right, all right. Now, I, I guess now to play devil's advocate a little bit. My I love it. Go for it. My only argument there is to see how they're trying to demonize it as a uh, psychological thing. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I mean, they call me crazy and quite a few different things for having tinfoil underneath this pirate hat. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm some, saying? Like they, the, they yeah. say that I've got some mental. It's a common. There. It's a common way to debunk reality. Definitely, and so definitely it could be that as well. Yeah. Because well, I mean, and I get that. Like you were going through the list of the things, and I, you know, that goes back to when I had first met my vampires up in Buffalo that I hung out with. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of went through that list too, but I think it's, believe it or not, a lot of them to me more seem like the nerdy guy you'd find hiding in your mom's basement. Yeah. You know, they weren't really like big, you know, sensual looking. Right. I think they're all a little bit unique and that maybe this is like a trope. Yeah. Yeah. Like what people think a vampire is, maybe it actually... It varies greatly. Because I knew a vampire, and she just dressed in goth. She wore fake teeth sometimes. She said she's a vampire, but she was also vegan. And people would be like, how are you a vampire if you're vegan? And she'd be like, have you ever heard of a fruit bat? Yeah, fuck you. I'm a fruit I'm a fruit bat vampire or whatever. I'm just like, okay. And then there's vampires out there that say not all vampires drink blood. There's energy vampires, sexual energy vampires, crowd energy vampires. There's just people that say they're vampires and they don't really partake in any of those type of things, at least knowingly. What, what wouldn't the sexual energy vampire technically just be a succubus? A succubus, yeah, yeah, kinda. And I was in my research. I found this group of vampires in Austin, Texas, that kind of went dark in 2020. But through the 2000s, they opened up a couple clubs. One of them is a sexual fetish club where they do like BDSM, kind of like everybody, whoever wants to do their weird sexual fantasy thing is welcome there. The two owners would like have sex in front of people. They drink blood. They have donors that donate blood to them and they'll draw blood and suck it out of their body after they do like, they'll do, um, a, pro- a vetting process and a lot of blood testing and this kind of thing, but they a lot of these vampires actually have donors, and they drink their blood directly from these people. It's and there's a couple documentaries out there and interviews with people that do this. It's really creepy that I saw. But yeah, there's a lot of variation. The girl I knew dressed goth, wore the fake teeth. She loved heavy metal. She hung out with um, biker gangs. Um. She actually had a strange affinity for Nazis, so she was like really creepy in that way. Uh, not, I don't. She never was like outwardly anti-Semitic or hateful, but she really liked Nazis, so it was concerning. She probably was anti-Semitic. Um, I uh, went to her house one time, and she has upside-down pentagrams above all her doorways, like. Um, blackout curtains in her house, a big-ass coffin bookcase with just, like, candles and just really vampire stuff, like vampire-ish goth, black walls, dark red walls, uh, but lived a normal life. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting person. Very, also, very much so an energy vampire, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, why not, though? Oh man, just drama, uh, intense, hateful, spiteful. 
Yeah. 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 I, I, they, I have noticed in the ones that, like, like I said, the ones that I kind of hung out with, they, they did have the tendency to be quicker to jump the gun. Hmm. Emotional. So it, 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 is, it is definitely interesting. Maybe that's a trait of vampires. They, I they think get unstable until they get their until they get their bloodlust handled. I don't know, but some of them don't drink blood. That's the thing. So, I think though it also comes back to why are people drinking blood? Um, a lot of times it's these murderers and stuff that do it, and it could be a psychological thing. Uh, but then the people that do it all over and over and over again, it starts to me to think of like adrenochrome, and they get something out of it, and it like gives them this really intense life force that they get addicted to. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> um, I have some stories, though. Uh, Real-life vampires exist, and re- researchers are studying them. You sent me this, Jim Bob. Do you want to go through this article, or want me to go through it? You can go right through it. Go right ahead. Vampires walk among us, but these people aren't the stuff of nightmares. Far from it, actually. Just sit down and drink with one of them and ask for yourself. That's if you can find one. There aren't. They aren't necessarily looking to be found. This person, uh, the person writing, so I'm going to be speaking in the first person. Uh, I've spent five years conducting ethnographic studies of the real vampires living in New Orleans and Buffalo. They're not easy to find, but when you do track them down, they can be quite friendly. Real vampires is the collective term by which these people are known. They are not real in the sense that they turn into bats and live forever, but many do sport fangs, and just as many live a primary nocturnal existence. These are just some of the cultural markers real vampires adopt to express and sh- a shared, and according to them, biological essence. They need blood, animal, or human, and or, psych- or psychic energy from donors in order to feel healthy. Becoming a vampire. Their, their self-described nature begins to manifest around or just after puberty. It derives, according to them, from the lack of sub- subtle energies their bodies produce. Energies other people take for granted. That's the general consensus anyway. It's a condition they claim to be able to ch- unable to change, so they embrace it. The vampire, the real vampire community, like the legendary figures it emulates, knows few national boundaries from Russia to South Africa to England to the U.S. Particularly in the internet age, vampires are often well attuned to community issues. This is more true for some than others, though I found the vampires of Buffalo to be keen to keep up to date with the global community. While those in New Orleans were often more interested in the activities of their local vampire houses, an affiliate group of vampires, usually led by a vampire elder, who helps his or her house members to acclimate to their vampiric nature. So it does get a little culty. Look, all right, so I was working at a Burger King in Buffalo, New York, when I was like 19 years old. Okay. It was just a part-time gig. I I had like another job. I just needed more money. You can never have enough money when you're young. Yeah. So... There was this guy that was probably about the age I am now that worked there as a part-time assistant manager at night. And a couple people that knew him warned me. They were just like, man, he's kind of weird. And we, we get kind of like a groomer vibes from him. You know, just mm. he's, he's always talking to the younger crowd that works there and stuff. And I was just like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm just here to do a job, go about my business. Well, me and him ended up having a few things in common, and he invited me to come and hang out with him one time after work. And he brought me to a vampire meeting, which was oh, like, shit. which was like in a warehouse, and it was really not well lit. And there were people there 
that were energy vampires and people drinking blood from chalices and it, it was almost like a comic convention but everybody was super goth looking mm-hmm. and they were it, it was almost like putting a bunch of uh uh, uh what's the that gum my brain's freezing when you're when you're another word for loner kind of thing you know you kind of just stay to yourself. outcasts yeah yeah um, and it seemed like a bunch of them you know just kind of in there and like it the vibe itself was very drab you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it just seemed it just seemed very negative energy inside the kind of like a bunch of emo kids yeah kind of like a bunch of emo kids but like but they were seriously drinking blood and like when you got to really sitting there looking around and paying attention from my perspective i was just like there's a lot of young people here like there was and and not just girls and you know or boys a mixture of both but there were they were definitely Mm. in that in that young teen mid-teen age from what i was seeing and i Mm. was you know it made me super uncomfortable I, of course, never went back and hung out with them again like that. Like, we'd, we'd yeah. talk at work wow. and stuff like that. And But other than that, I was just like, I, I, I can't hang out with you, man. Like, I feel like you're going to get me in trouble because you're out here hanging out with all these young people. Like I said, it gave me this very groomer-esque vibe. And I was young still, too, but I don't know. When you're 19 and you're like, man, all these guys are younger than me. Like, That's you, weird. Yeah. You get weird vibes. So... But it was it was a prominent thing in Buffalo. Like, after I after being in that room that warehouse that night you start seeing that these people are literally everywhere like i'd see them i ended up seeing like regular people at my other job as a gas station attendant and stuff like they i'd see these people pulling up daily and i was just like oh crap these folks like live this close to me like live this close to work like this is a this is a real thing like the golf people you see in buffalo just turned out to be vampire people i don't know it's weird Western New York's a weird place as it is. I mean, I know I'm taking shots at you, Josh. If you're watching, um, I apologize. But <laughs> Western New York's just a weird ass place. Like it, it, it's a whole different world if you've ever get the opportunity to be there. I totally recommend it. Don't live there, but totally visit. I gotta get my butt out there one day. There's some awesome food there. Like I'll, I, I, I bet me and Josh could probably go back and forth about the food out there. But probably he just got back from New York. That's awesome. Yeah. I knew, Man. I, knew he, I knew he hangs out. Or, or, or I knew he was in, stayed in the Rochester area or whatever for a while too. Yeah, so yeah, he. Yeah, I, I totally would go over there. It wasn't that far from Buffalo. Definitely, uh, you're right. You're right about that. From what I understand, what I've been told. <laughs> oh yeah, um, no, no, but, but like I said, it's just I have never met so many rednecks in the north. <laughs> Okay, I lived in in the city limits of Buffalo, and you're you had flannel wearing, beer drinking, toothless country music, NASCAR loving people. Wow! And I'm just like, wait a minute, (laughs) am I not in the South? Like, what's going on here? That's great. That's funny. Yeah, man, what a trip! That would make me uncomfortable. Um, and I think. I think teenagers are more impressionable and they want to be accepted and there's kind of of a sensationalism to that. I don't think that they're all vampires per se. I think that they're probably influenced or groomed. Like you said, it's possible. Um, That there seems to be a lot of different people all over the place that want to uh, focus their energy towards people that are very still young and indecisive. And I think that's very wrong. Like, 
I, I, as someone that has kids, like I can tell you right now, one day my kid wants to be a space, you know, astronaut, and the next day they yeah. they want to be a a plumber or something. You know, it, it changes. Right. Or Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, I mean, it just yeah, it changes every single day. So on it, and I can remember back to when I was that age, and sure, I could be influenced by something like that. I could see it. Me too. Oh yeah. You know, I like, used to, I went through my phases. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure I still got some band shirts hidden in a in a box somewhere from from my days and right. long hair and spiked dog collar and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're punk rock or what? Oh that's yeah, funny. Dude. Uh, big old big old zipper filled Jinko jeans and stuff. <laughs> that's so great. Stopping at the classic Hot Topic. Yeah, my sister hung out with punk rock people with long ass foot long mohawks and all this crap. That's oh, crazy. Yeah, I had friends. Like, I had friends just like that. <laughs> That's so funny. No vampires, though. I had, yeah, yeah no, no. I knew that one vampire. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I guess there is a lot of vampire stuff in Seattle being dark all the time and this kind of thing. It's one of the places where people consider it a good you place. You think Alaska would be a place for it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, all right. Let's move on. I think uh, we have... Oh, what's this? Um, totally somebody you should look up. Okay. That has to do with this vampire subject. Let's see. Who's this? Now, and, you, and we can thank... Uh, it's something I actually knew already, but you can thank Robert Chawner out there on uh, Facebook for, thank for you. reminding me of it. Shane Chartres Abbott Murder. The decade-long investigation into vampire gigolo shooting. Vampire gigolo. <laughs> vampire gigolo, bro. It just um, keeps getting... Where's Rob Snyder? <laughs> All right, let's read this. It's a vampire thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, there was a whole murder investigation and such. and I mean, you know, there's denying about it, but at the same time... Is there a vampire involved in the situation? Shane Chartres Abbott, a self-professed vampire and male prostitute, was shot dead outside his home in Reservoir on June 4, 2003, on the same day he was due in court on a charge of rape. The shooting sparked a decade-long police investigation that led to a lengthy police integrity investigation and a specialist police task force being set up. A career criminal admitted to shooting dead Charles, uh, I'm sorry, Chartres Abbott, as a favor to an acquaintance, and Mark Perry, Warren Shea, and Evan Glow's Guasis were also charged over the murder, so it was a big conspiracy. Perry, Shea, and Jossis, God, I don't know how to pronounce that, were found not guilty of the murder and were also cleared of manslaughter. Review key facts and a timeline of the events surrounding the murder of Shane Chartres Abbott. May 2003, Chartres Abbott a chur, uh, appeared in the court, uh, county court over the rape and mutilation of a female client in 2002. The court heard Chartres Abbott raped a bit and bit off the woman's tongue at a South Yara motel. The court heard and believed he was a vampire who had to drink the blood to live. June 4, 2003, Chartres, Chartres Abbott was shot dead in, his, in the front yard of his reservoir home in front of his girlfriend that day he was due to re 
reappear in court to face the rape allegations. His rape trial was officially closed the next day. Police said the shooting appeared to be planned. Uh, that is that um, that it is quite reasonable to presume that the offenders had done a bit of preparation and may have been watching the movements of Mr. Chartres Abbott in the mornings leading up to his death. May 2005, police appealed for information about a man believed to be using the alias Mark Andrew. They said he may be able to help their investigation into the death of Chartres Abbott. Here's an image of him. March 2007, Task Force Briars was set up to investigate police links to the murder. 2007, senior police officials were compelled to give evidence to a hearing by the then police watchdog, the official, uh, the Office of Police Integrity, into alleged links between police and the Chartres Abbott murder. Oh, snap. Yeah, um, so, like... I... The, the rape thing is what is what is interest. I, I found it interesting because you know the whole sensual thing about vampires and stuff. So, and and talking about like the grooming and stuff, like it seems well, to be something that they would actually, he might have actually been a part of. Yeah, and the murderer he ended up confessing to the murder of Chartres Abbott, mm-hmm. implicated two police officers, and the officers denied it and were never charged. So wow, and and I think. When when and some of the outside stuff from this, from what I remember, um, it was something to do the, the the young lady that was claiming rape had some kind of connection back into someone at that police force or someone in that like jurisdiction. Yeah. You know? And and that it turned into a complete hit. But this guy truly truly like lived the vampire Damn. life. Like he believed he was really like a I know you're not familiar because you're not too keen on the stories, but he was like a like a real life Lestat. You know what I'm saying? Like he's out here, for people that are watching and listening. He was the sensual like women ladies man. You know, mm, out there literally being a prostitute, but he totally bought the whole vampire persona. Like he that's wild. He did drink blood and he did kind of only come out at night and he dressed super fancy. You know how they always kind of dress super fancy and yeah, know, like good looking and stuff you know that had very very high charisma and such like he he definitely fit all of that and and there was like rumor to the cops shooting him is that he like right before he got shot he went he kind of like reacted in like vampire mode towards them and then you know they shot him oh shit but they were showing up to do foul stuff to begin with you know what i mean right they had malice intention to begin with and he was just defending himself and then got killed. So yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it there's seems, a whole bunch of interesting stuff there. It seems like there's a bigger conspiracy afoot there for sure. Definitely, definitely something to dig into. Yeah. Um, here's the story of Arnold Powell. Powell. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, the Vampire Project put this out. The story of Ar- uh, Arnold Powell is one of the. I'm just gonna call him Powell is one of the few vampire histories that has been sufficiently documented over the years to lend it historical validity. In the spring of 1727, Arnold Powell returned from service in the military to settle in his home town of Madugna. Didn't we talk about this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We didn't talk about this yet, but this is, this is it got a little bit of a similar story. Mm-hmm. He bought some land, built a home, and established himself in the community. After a short time, he was betrothed to a local girl whose father land whose father's land bordered his, and the two were wed. 
so they got married. Powell told his wife that he was haunted by fears of an early death. In the military, he had been stationed in Greece. Local beliefs were that the dead come back to haunt the living in the form of revenants or vampires. While he was stationed there, he told his wife he had been visited by an undead being. Afterward, he he hunted down the unholy grave from which the undead being had come, as was the local custom. He extracted his revenge upon the vampire by burning the corpse. However, the incident affected him so greatly that against the advice of his superior officers, he resigned from the military and came back to Madugna. Shortly after his marriage, Paulo F- Powell fell from his great height while working from fell from a great height while working on the farm. He was brought unconscious back to his home. He must have sustained internal injuries from the fall, for within a few days he died and was buried in the town cemetery. A month after he died, there were several reports from people around the township who had seen Powell. A few had even seen him in their own home, although these reports do not clearly state what they did while in these home what he did while in these homes. Um, for the most part, however, there was a little panic stemming for the, from those reports until a short time later. Several weeks after the initial reports, most of the people who had claimed Powell had visited their home turned up dead for un- inexplicable reasons, and a group was assembled to exhume the body of Arnold Powell. The group consisted of two military officers, two army surgeons, and a priest from the local church. When the group, when the group exhumed the body, they found a fresh corpse. There was no decomposition, decomposition of the body whatsoever, and in fact the old skin and nails had fallen off and new ones had grown to take their place. The final insult was there was fresh blood that rested on the lips of the deceased pal. When one member of the group staked the body, it cried out and fresh blood spilled from the wound. The group then scattered garlic around the remains and did the same to each of the graves where Tupal had set his newest, sent his newest victims. All was quiet in Madugna for several years until 1732, when there was another spate of inexplicable deaths. This time, the town took no chances and immediately sent a group to the graveyard to investigate. The result, the resultant report has ended up in many history books over time. It was signed by three renowned army surgeons and co-signed by a lieutenant colonel and a sub-lieutenant. Of all the body they uh, disinterred during the investigation they once again once again found no less than 11 corpses which displayed the same marked traits as the pal corpse no decomposition although many had been interred several months previous to the inquiry fresh fresh skin grown fresh blood in the arteries and in the heart the complete medical report is available in many modern vampire histories no explanation has been given for the later outbreak of vampirism although one theory holds that powell had feasted on local cattle as well as people during his vampiric reign then the theory states as time passed the cows were killed for their meat the vampire qualities were passed on to anybody who ate that meat Ugh. Creepy. I mean, that's one of the but. unexplained mysteries, you know. And there's, I mean, what do you, what do you say to pulling out a body that's supposed to have been down there for quite some time and it has fresh and, skin on? It? And like, they said they like stabbed it and then he screamed and bled. <laughs> that's creepy, man. I mean, I, I mean, you need for it to have all these written things, you know. Again, I, I know people like to glamorize things, but yeah, but they like, had a lot of people, witnesses. Yeah, yeah. That one or one or two, you can be like, eh, maybe. But when you've got almost the whole town getting in on it, finally, you got to be like, well, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then it happens again. But like, there's, there's, 
and there's something weird about that. Maybe it's wonder if that town's like a like a Stranger Things place, right? Or it's cursed. Hey, who knows? It could be. This reminds me of magic too. These could be like magic spells or some kind of uh, reanimating dead corpses and stuff. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's no. Of... I mean, uh, I'm I'm all about some you know magic and stuff. So it's possible. Creepy story though. Dude, did you know the CIA used a vampire uh, psyop against Philippine insurgents? They totally did. Dude, I was surprised to see that. Uh, not really surprised, but this was new information to me. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, you can't be surprised anymore. So, um, I, I I'm not going to read this whole article, but basically. What the CIA did was in the Philippines, in order to um, scare off the enemy, they recorded a series of propaganda things to scare the locals um, to think that there were vampires nearby and this kind of thing. And they actually got some of the people to flee after releasing some of these um, psychological um, recordings. Yeah. Some of the little islands out there in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, they still believe that it was real and not a psyop. Yeah. Well, before that, they had their myths and lore and stuff. So when stuff starts happening, yeah, they booked it. They left. Um, I, I know. I know quite a few people that have ended up in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, personally, and and you know they're on like little. You know, deserted islands. Basically, there's less than 500 people on these islands. On oh, the okay. And there's stories out there of the vampires, and there's some that line into this stuff, this propaganda, and it just fueled their fire because you know they're not on the internet like we are and stuff. You know, they. they this is word of mouth. Lives, so... This is passed down. Yeah, it's interesting though that 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 they still. Because you're right, they did have it beforehand, but then that just kind of fueled it more, especially... I mean, think about it. If you're a simple person and you get your news or whatever, the one time people comes into port once a month or so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're... Yeah, and... There's no no telling what you miss. The Vietnamese have the same kind of lore, um, but this is... They call it, in the Philippines, Answang. Aswang. According to a Philippine folklore, an Aswang is an evil, shape-shifting creature that shares the grotesque characteristics of werewolves, vampires, and ghouls. It has no consistent image or description because its appearance varies per region. People have often characterized them based on hearsay, which is why the term Aswang has commonly been used as a catch-all description for all the most evil creatures that lurk in the night. It's a shape-shifting thing. And they kill. Worldwide Wendigos. Pretty much. They describe them as dogs. They describe them as all these things in the trees, on the roofs. Um, I mean, wow. listen, as, someone, as someone that lives close to Appalachia and and like the foothills, basically, like I'm telling you, man, there's there's things out here in these woods that you oh, take man. caution on because they're real. Have you heard of any, you know, Les Stroud? Yes. He has this Bigfoot Chronicles or his Bigfoot series where he interviews people and hears their stories about things that they've encountered. Yeah. Have you seen yeah, that? It's really good. It, it is because, because you know, I'm not, again, I, 
I, I love stories like that because who am I to deny your story? Like that was your experience. Maybe, maybe yeah. you're sensationalizing it a little bit, but I don't, I don't even care. Like there's, there's some truth to it in there. Definitely. So I want to hear it. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, I love those mystery stories of Bigfoot's people being chased for miles by what they think might be Bigfoot or like they hide up in the trees and watch them and they just run and run and run until they find we- safety. We just had a Bigfoot Heard sighting those. down here in Georgia not really? too long ago. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's. We have a, a whole area of Blue Ridge that, that we even have like Bigfoot hunters and stuff that do stuff oh, out wow. there. So like, it's not not uncommon. That's that's one of those things that I'm like, there's got to be some truth to it because we see them all over the world. Like not yeah, not just in the Northwest, not just in the Southeast. You go to other countries and you've got them under different names, like there's got to be a little bit of truth to it. Definitely. Yeah, especially when you have somebody like Les Stroud and these people that say they've heard it, they've had their own experiences that they can't explain after decades of experience in the wild. The screams that you hear in the middle of the Oh my gosh, the blood-curdling screams? That's the creepiest one, dude. That just come from nowhere. Yeah. Especially, I've I've seen a bunch of videos and stuff out of, like, your territory out there in the woods, in the mountains and such or whatever. Oh, Lord. and like you do, you hear like these just blood curdling roars in the middle of the night, and they're unexplainable. Like I, I've heard them out here myself in Georgia. Oh, are you too, serious? You know? Oh my yeah. god, I'll leave immediately. It's, it's different. It's different from a coyote. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you just hear, you'll hear it, and I'm like, well, that's not a bear. It's not a coyote. It's not a bobcat. What the hell was that? And that's usually when I do my little thing because it's probably a Wendigo, and I go in the house, and we're done for the night. <laughs> Holy crap! Because yeah. you know, I mean, in reality, it could be one and the same. You know what I'm saying? Could is it Bigfoot? Is it a shapeshifter? Right. Is it, An alien? Is it whatever our mind portrays it as? Is it just a psychotic person? Because like, because like, we even we even have a Loch Ness monster oh. down. Here. Have you heard those Mayan death whistles? Black Jester just mentioned it in the chat. I have, and those things are terrifying. You blow into these whistles, and it sounds like a human screaming at the top of their lungs. It's really cool, creepy. It, it would, it would. It's de- it's a definitely a great psychological weapon. Yeah, I think that's what they used it for. You want if you want to if you want to mess with somebody's head real bad, like you got some annoying neighbors or something, go hide out in the woods at night behind their house and use that sucker. The complexity they. The complexity of those whistles, though, and how they're so old and they used to make oh, those is look, absurd. Look at their whistles and that, that whole clapping thing that you can do down in front of their pyramids. Oh, yeah, you clap and it returns your clap. or like uh, bird sound or whatever? Yeah. And I heard the border wall does the same thing. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a tuning fork of some kind. You clap and it reverts right back just like the pyramids. Interesting. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, that shit. What if something like that happens to me? All of a sudden, I get afraid of the dark again. <laughs> I, I'm like, all right. Oh man, this stuff's scary. Uh, this vampire confesses to murdering ten kids and drinking oh, the I victim's s- blood. I've seen this. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Disgusting. So. Murderer drank the blood of kids. Um, 
he's not apologetic. Uh, he gets a lot of pleasure from it. He's a creep, but we see this. Um, there's a story here of a possible vampire sighting in Seattle. Uh, I guess I'll just kind of... I'm not going to read this whole story. It's kind of long, but from my recollection when I read it a couple days ago, um, this man was in Seattle, I think in the 90s or early 2000s, a while ago, and he went to a bar in the middle of the night. The, uh, he said, I guess it was in Belltown. It was in an alley. He doesn't know the name of it. Uh, this is downtown Seattle. Walks into this bar, sticky floor, gets up, tries to get the attention of the bartender. Uh, someone next to him starts talking and he looks at him and he's like, kind of like half lit and like dressed like a vampire or whatever. And start saying things to the man, saying like, basically start starting to talk about him and saying things that are true about him. And he's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're married. You have a little two-year-old. You work in aerospace. You're doing this and that." And he just gets freaked out. And uh, the guy tells him he's a vampire and all this. And uh, hmm. he's kind of like clairvoyant and he knows things. And the guy dude was scared shitless uh, from that experience. Um just an interesting story i don't know if it's true or not but i don't know oh, i'm i am you know this is this is inspiring me i totally am going to try to hunt down some vampires to get on my show you can dude they're out there they're definitely out saying. there like, yeah. like I, I i got questions and i want to bring up i think i'm gonna try to find a couple and bring them on and ask them questions because that'd be fun that'd be interesting i'll have to get you over there for that i need to get you over there for that anyway everybody 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 tell vince he's got to come and do a and do a guest spot on my show i I I'll do one. Guest spot, folks. I'll do one next week or whenever you have, whenever you want. I got, me. I got openings next week. We'll talk about it later. All right, I'll make it happen. Yes, I'd love to. That would be awesome. That'll be awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let me know. For sure. But I am. I'm. I'm going to dig around. I'm, I, and and I, I'm going to make sure we keep everybody up to date on this in the Red Pill family because I think, I think it's interesting. An interview an interview with some vampires would be quite funny. It would fun be fun. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, man, that would be fun, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I could probably, I, mean, I could probably, you know, what? We've got all these weird questions that we're building up from all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I bet we, I, I bet we could, I bet we could <laughs> even even outsource some questions from here in the group. Everybody out here watching and stuff, you could go to the. Red pill, the social red pill, and give us some questions to ask. And Hell yeah! I am totally gonna find some vampires. I could probably find some out here too. That'd be interesting to do. Like, <laughs> you, you, you got me set on a path now. That's no more work on this. Hey. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I will keep you in the loop on that. Try but to as get as far as you coming on my show. That, that's happening this week. You guys look forward to that. All right, I'm down. Let me know when, what day. Sweet. Let me see. What else do I have here? Um. This was interesting. <laughs> Vampires and vaccines have a long connection in history. <laughs> well, I didn't see this. <laughs> a recent New York Times article covered a conspiracy theory that the COVID-19 vaccine would transform people into vampires. Unbelievable, right? Well, as you might su suspect, social media spread the story so fast a major news organization had to publish a fact check to debunk it. <laughs> but wait, this crazy story has a historical precedent. Precedent. So the fact that there's a fact check, I think we all think that this has more validity now. I um, mean, yeah, you start growing <laughs> in that stuff. 
Uh, oh, they go on and how they love vaccines. Um, the New York the Times article explores the intersection between vampires and vaccines. Turns out that back in the dark ages in Europe, outbreaks of tuberculosis and other microbe-based diseases were thought to be caused by vampires. The dark ages were well before since uncovered uh, the germ theory for disease of disease, which was advanced by the work of Louis Pasteur, Pasteur, Pasteur and Robert Koch in the later half of 1800s. Before that time, of course, the Koch brother. Before that time, when someone died of an infectious disease, it was easy to convince people that black magic and a sinister being like a vampire was to blame. I think this is still a possibility. Uh, after the death and lack of precautions in preparing the dead for burial would cause many others to become sick and die. With no good science to offer an explanation, people believed that undead monsters were rising from the graveyard to prey on the good people in the village. Again. The first cool. mandated vaccines in England were greeted with skepticism and public outcry. People thought it was the work of the devil. Sound familiar? In the 1880s, people thought the vaccinations would lead to degradation and extinction of human life. Oh, that sounds familiar too. The anti-vaccine movement in England at the time thought that vaccines would upset the body's humors and blood and prevent a person from being able to recover. Evoking problems with these important bodily fluids was terrifying to the people at the time, especially because it involved blood. See the connection with vampires? Without science to explain microbes and infectious disease, it was e easy for people to become anti-vaxxers because they didn't understand. Thankfully, okay, da 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 So obviously this is um, a biased article written about uh, vaccines, hey. but I think this is interesting because what if, I think, you know, I think disease is bullshit and all that so what if it is this magic spell to make people unhealthy and it's all just a big conspiracy and this creepy reality that, that kind of touches into one of my favorite books that i totally will tell you to get on your list i think there's okay. an audio version out there um, you might have already read it too the invisible rainbow oh i think you told me about this it might be there i'll write it down I, again i always because it's one i like to plug because it's one of those books that i feel is an eye-opener that more and more people should read. I think I have it in my bookmarks, but I'm because it, noted. It, it, well, it, because it goes back to what I was saying earlier about everything being energy, everything being a vibration, and yeah, and and all of these technologies, these radio frequencies and stuff, are a big causer of human disease because it alters our vibration. Yep. Not to mention all the food we eat's garbage because the stuff in the store is crap. It's so bad why i do as much as i can at home likewise you gotta you gotta man listen getting in i, I totally recommend getting into foraging i bet you already mm. do but like i don't forage no listen get you some books on foraging i uh i promise you there's a lot of free food growing around you at all i know a few edible plants around me i don't pick them and eat them but i know some of what's edible and whatnot and there's i do so many weeds that are good I talk to a lot of people that grow plants, and I buy plants. Nice. So there's a little bit, but I don't go out foraging. When I move here in a few weeks, though, um, yeah. I'm going to find the good mushroom spots, chanterelles and all that stuff for sure. Nice. I'm going to go mushrooms. forage mushrooms. Mushrooms are always good to go forage for too, man. And like, yeah. get, I'm telling you, get yourself moved, get you a couple hens. You can always trade eggs, man. Uh, I want to. It's actually illegal to have in my town. Really? Yeah, but I'm going to... I might get a couple. If they get, if they catch is me, it, they immediately that, take them. 
Is it the hens that are illegal or the roosters? Any poultry. Any poultry? Yeah. It's complicated. I know. I was looking at all the laws and all the stuff, and it gets really complicated, and they're like... It's complicated and hard to change. And But, but some but, people have chickens there. I think I could do it as long as um, I don't get caught, right? It's legal that way. Okay. And if I get caught, they just take them, and then they impound them. But, uh... Oh, my God. Oh, that... that ooh. I, you know, I hear about people having to deal with that kind of stuff all the time, and I'm like, that's just wrong. That's just ridiculous. It is like, ridiculous. Like, what? I promise you, a, two or three hens in your backyard didn't hurt nobody. I know roosters are annoying. That's a whole separate subject. If you want to make a rooster's legal, <laughs> that whatever. But like, <laughs> but like, or goose. <laughs> like, like I have, like I have this whole, I have this whole theory that if I could get every household. To get yeah. at least two chickens, we could cripple the the egg conglomerates in less than a year. Yeah, for sure. Not, e- not even that. every household. We could do every other household. Yeah. Because I promise you, there's enough chicken eggs to to in my house alone. You know, there's dozen plus daily. Damn. So, you know, like that's a lot of eggs. I, if if everybody if there's one of those things we could do if everybody would come together and just produce their own eggs, we would cripple the egg the egg companies and we could have healthier eggs. healthier on top of that yeah so just um, that out there to people that are listening and watching get a chicken i think i might get a couple just uh there is totally some quiet breeds out there man i will um i i, I can send you some information i'll give you some insight like i'll talk to locals too because i know there are there are some people outside of not they're not far away that have um roosters and chickens and goats and all that so uh, I'll figure it out. Uh, definitely a bummer, though. I might have to expand out, get land a little off the beaten path to get chickens and stuff. But for now, it'll be all right. Well, keep um, the vampires away from them. Put garlic around their neck. Right. They will. I, I don't know if they. I guess they do go after animals. Apparently. Um, time to time. Last thing here. Uh, Megan Fox and oh my God. what's his face, Machine Gun Kelly, drank each other's blood in a ritualistic way. Squirt gun Shirley. Squirt gun Shirley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was really creepy that that came out. Uh, I heard some vampires in interviews saying it's not ritualistic. It's not magic it's not anything like that it's just vampirism but i don't believe it whether they don't know they're doing rituals or not that's i think ritual, they're rituals just rituals <laughs> yeah that's magic you might not know but you're doing some you're doing some shit uh you're doing some blood rituals bro oh well, yeah you know that's 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 like into that occult like the old yeah. mystery schools actually believe it or not yeah that Tiarzan guy I was talking about, that's a that's a goal oh. in his life is he wants to create a mystery school here in Oh Australia. shit. Wow. I'm just, I'm just like, yes, I'm on I'm on board, bro. Like this is amazing. That's really fascinating, dude. I'm telling you, you gotta <laughs> check that episode out, bro. Let's put put it on and listen to it, because you can totally listen to me everywhere. Alright. Heck yeah. If you guys want to see it, find yeah, Unconstitutional or Awakening. Or you can even listen. I promise. I'm. I. I, I think I'm even finally on uh, Apple now. Oh, all right. Congratulations. Uh, I, you, good lord, that takes forever. 
Yeah, it does. It's a long process, man. Just keep on pushing. Lastly, are celebrities vampires? How the hell do these people not age? Pharrell's a great example. There yeah. she is, too. Uh, Pharrell Williams, what the hell, 49. Getting younger, ain't he? Eva Mendez, 48. Yeah, what the hell? She got younger, too. Uh, he looks like he got younger. Yeah, so what if they're living among us? I think this could be vampirism. It just reminds me of Adrenochrome. I'm sorry. Look at William Shatner for fuck's sake. 91 years old. Wow. And I gotta. I actually gotta say, I've seen him in between this photo frame, uh, Dragon Con a few years back. Oh really? And, and he definitely looked a lot older than he does in that photo. Oh, interesting. Maybe he's wearing makeup. No, just it is. It is just interesting. Like, because what? What? Forty nine. Is it makeup? Is it movie magic? Or what are they doing to look younger than they did 20 years ago? I don't know. I think there's a conspiracy afoot, though. There's definitely something afoot. So, I was just... Just, I mean, some of these, you know, I've seen some of these things, and I've noticed them before. Like, I'm surprised Paul Rudd's not on this list. He seems... Oh, yeah, he might be. He seems to have gotten younger with time, but like looking at these photos, it's just like, wow, these people are are even Snoop Dogg younger. Well, I'll say when Snoop takes off them glasses, he definitely looks older. Yeah, he's good. He's these good. might be a little misleading. Not gonna lie. True. True. It's a trip, dude. It really. Uh, I think it's. It makes me think. I don't trust him. John Stamos is a great example too. Now I will say that one. Heck yeah! He's got some new show out, and he looks just like he did when he was Uncle Jesse. <laughs> That's so trippy. Uh, Owen Wilson. He looks different. Yeah, he does. Uh, Kate Winslet. All these Hollywood bastards. Keanu Reeves. That's a weird one, huh? Yeah, he he looks like he's young up too. The Fountain of Youth. Avril Lavigne. What is she up to? <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd end she, it on that. She's on She's on TikTok trying to defend that she's the real Avril Lavigne. <laughs> are you serious? People are giving her a hard time and she's freaking out? Because everybody's like, that's not the same chick from 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> they're, they're questioning her and she's, she's, she's actually been giving them a hard time back. I'll give her that. That's so funny, dude. I did she, not know, you know that. I, I, I might actually believe she's like a real person because she's one of them ones that are kind of private about her life. You know what I mean? Like they don't. Okay. Few and far between. There's some of them out there that that aren't on the specific uh, flight log, and they are. Uh, oh yeah. Very private in their lives anyway. So I think they're they're like actual true actors, like they were meant to be. Just and normal people who got into it and kind of stayed out of the drama. Yeah, you know, like what a good example of that is like Woody Harrelson. He's not into all that nonsense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's, he's he. What the hell he comes he comes from an assassin's background, so of course he's not in all that. So, well, fascinating. Um, I think all this is fascinating. These vampires and what ifs and fantasy and is it real? Yeah. Um. I love it, dude. Thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, Black Jester said, don't forget the story of Countess Elizabeth Bethard. 
Bethery. I think we talked about her. She killed hundreds we, of people. Yeah, we yeah we passed over her earlier in the thing. Oh yeah, going down the timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, um, in about I don't know a half hour, forty five minutes. If you guys want to join me on the social red pill, I will jump into the after chat. Um, we'll see. You know, we should have a few people there. If anybody has spare time tonight, you want to hang out, talk about vampires, talk about your weekend, whatever. Talk about the news that's happening that we're not covering until Monday morning with morning coffee at 8.30 a.m. Pacific and with the Daily Dose at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Monday. We could start now because, holy crap, are things happening. Join me over there at socialredpill.com. Join Jim Bob Ovalshorts at unconstitutionalawakening.com. Find everything there. Find his podcast. Listen to it. I need to listen to the one from yesterday. Uh, I can't wait to be on your show. What else you got coming on? You got you're just keeping on uh, with I the actually, same path. Or? I totally have. Uh, uh, what's hold on? I do have kind of a big guest coming up soon. All right, if you want to look that up, Patriotic Pisces donated a diamond. Jason Kristoff. Thank you, Patriotic Pisces. Who's he? Uh, yeah, Jason Kristoff. Um, he was he was recommended to me by a, a handful of followers and watchers that I think originally originated from here, and they were like, "You totally need to talk to him." Like, he's, oh, really? He's a he's a health and wellness guy. And okay. Kinda, I always and, love that topic. Yeah, and like he, but I guess he's he's kind of a big deal, and I'm I'm not scared to ask anybody. So I reached out to him, and he was like, "How about August 9th? So. And all right in the near future he'll congratulations you know, kind of planned out but hey I, that's fine with me but we've we've made some really i've made some really cool friends since i've started this show like just different different show people and different interesting people from all over the place um it's just been it's been a fun experience and that's why i totally i totally think that vince is deserving yeah. of a guest spot oh that is so kind hosting. I'm not worried. He's, he's always hosting, so he needs to come over there and <laughs> I do talk a about lot. himself a little bit. Especially yeah. last week, I covered for Josh a couple days. I was doing two shows a day, and all this is absolutely nuts, dude. You're just as busy as I am. You know how it is. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there's some days that I film multiple episodes just so oh, that I can load them shit. later. You know? I know. <laughs> it's nuts. That's the great thing about me not being live yet, is I get to record and set aside. Do you edit them, though? Because that's the bad part of recording early and then posting yes after. And, yes, yes and no. Like, I edit the first, like, the, the part where I'm kind of just running my mouth up until I introduce the show. And okay. And I edit off. Like, but other than that, it's kind of raw. Every, okay. I have fa- I've found that everybody enjoys the True. raw, unedited, like, we're live, like, like this, but... Yeah. You know, it's just right there for everybody to see, so... Yeah, it's a lot more real that way, for sure. Not scripted and all that, so... That's because I, I try to I try to tell, let people know the the weird dude you're seeing in the pirate hat on the on the screen <laughs> is totally the weird dude you're gonna meet in real life if you ever run across him. There's, you're not that weird. Second. Well, I guess maybe maybe to some people you are, but you fit right in with the Red Pill family. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're it's, u- it's usually when you come walking up on me and see I'm leprechaun sized and have high high socks on. That's funny. All right, well, you guys. Uh, I'll see you later on the social red pill for those of you who want to join the uh, Man, Zoom. Send me the link. I'll, I'll see if I can pop in there this evening. All right. If Jim Bob's available, he'll jump in too. Uh, you guys could find that shared on socialredpill.com. Free to join. Also, you could support with a subscription if you feel the desire. Uh, unconstitutionalawakening.com. Once again, that is where you could find Jim Bob. Everything Jim Bob Oval Shorts. 
unconstitutionalawakening.com and join his group over there and subscribe Please. to the channel. Yeah. Make an account. Have fun. Um, other than that, you guys, like I said, we'll be back with uh, news and events of the week starting Monday with Morning Coffee and the Daily Dose. So we look forward to that. Um, just a normal schedule ahead. Things are unfolding quickly, so make sure you tune in and catch up and keep us posted on what you're finding over on the app and whatnot. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter. You could follow Jim Bob at, on Twitter as well. I'm at Vince Taglavia. Jim Bob is at uh, Jim Bob Oval Shorts. Shorts everywhere. Jim Bob you can Oval Shorts. Jim Bob Oval Shorts. You can find me. Yeah, one of my favorite Jim Bob Oval Shorts content is the short form content on TikTok. Definitely follow him there and me as well. It's good stuff. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, love you much. God bless. We'll see you next time. Peace.